and welcome to the South Asia chart brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Chulani Atanayaka, a research fellow at the Institute. I have with me today Mr. Niluka Kadurugamur, Deputy High Commissioner of Sri Lanka to India. India is Sri Lanka's closest neighbor. The two countries share century-old historical and cultural ties, but they also have one of the most complicated diplomatic relationships. Despite its historical brotherhood, contemporary bilateral ties often go through many ups and downs. Moreover, there is immense potential that has not been exploited in this relationship. Recently, the Sri Lankan Diplomatic High Mission in India published an integrated country strategy for Sri Lanka Diplomatic Mission in India for the period of 2021 and 2023. The strategic document was drafted under the guidance and instruction of the High Commissioner designated of Sri Lanka to India, His Excellency Mr. Milinda Moragodas, and is envisaged as a roadmap for the next two years. This document aims to assist the three Sri Lanka missions in India in approaching and achieving goals and objectives stipulated as one country team. This is the first time, to my knowledge, that Sri Lanka has published a strategic doc document outlining the roadmap of um, any of its diplomatic mission. So today we have Mr. Kadru Gamur to discuss this document and its content and what the country team ex expects to achieve from this roadmap. Welcome to our podcast, Mr. Kadru Gamur. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Cholani. Thank you very much for having me uh, at this podcast from the Institute of South Asian Studies. It's an honor. Uh, yes, thank you very much for having me today. So let's start with uh, what this document is. Can you let us know what uh, led to preparing this roadmap and what was the process? All right. This um, well, this document is called the uh, Integrated Strategy uh, for Sri Lanka Missions in India, Integrated Country Strategy, rather Integrated Country Strategy for Sri Lanka Diplomatic Missions in India for the uh, for the period 2021 to 2023 for the next two two years. Actually, uh, if I uh, talk about the uh, the origins of this document, when uh, Mr. Milinda Moragoda, when he was appointed as the High Commissioner-designate of Sri Lanka to India, he had this idea of uh, uh, the idea that all three missions in diplomatic missions in India, which which are um, the High Commission of Sri Lanka in New Delhi, the Deputy High Commission of Sri Lanka in uh, in Chennai, and the Consulate General of Sri Lanka in Mumbai, all these three missions should work as one team uh, and then deliver as one. And therefore, he thought that, okay, to uh, for these three missions to deliver together, there should be a roadmap, there should be a strategic paper to which we could adhere and so that we can deliver as one. So the origin, actual origin of this document is uh, is is that concept uh, working uh, the three Sri Lanka missions working as one team one country team um, the process of uh, actually what happened was that uh, in in the beginning we 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 started develop 
uh, to develop this document in uh, i think uh, that was in uh, around uh, may this year uh, we started the we did the first draft uh, in in delhi uh, with uh, in consultation with all the diplomatic officers in all three missions that is my colleagues in delhi and of course in uh, and then uh, our colleagues in uh, chennai and mumbai so once this was uh, the first draft was done uh, we came up with uh, you know uh, you have seen the document we came up with uh, objectives and then uh, there were uh, uh, like under every objective there were like there were goals and then there were objectives and under every objective there was uh, there were uh, proposed activities to, to achieve these object, uh, the, the objectives. Um, uh, so we prepared the first draft and then, you know, it was the high commissioner designate went through it and he developed, he further developed it. And then, then there was a consultation process. We, um, uh, you know, that we uh, gave it to a, a panel consisting of very eminent persons, uh, former foreign secretaries, foreign service officers of Sri Lanka, then uh, then, then former foreign secretaries, and uh, then of course uh, the the previous high commissioners of Sri Lanka to Delhi. So to all these uh, to this eminent panel we gave the, they were uh, they went through they did made suggestions, and there were amendments. There was a lot of consultations uh, back and forth, and after that we were uh, able to uh, come up with the final document. Uh, I must add that this is, of course, a, uh, it's not the final. I mean, it is it is an evolving document. Uh, it will be evolving uh, during. It, it is uh, meant for the next two years as a kind of a roadmap. But then, of course, it is uh, uh, there's room for uh, there's room for changes uh, as and when we implement the uh, the activities proposed, we will be uh, amending them and uh, you know um, uh, adding uh, new features maybe you know uh, 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 leaving omitting certain things uh, as and as and when we we, we implement them uh, so it is an evolving document uh, and it will be uh, in the process of uh, uh, evolving so this is the background of the paper uh, thank you for a very in, um, detailed explanation, uh, Mr. Kadrugamo. So uh, I noticed that the document begins with an emphasis on Buddhism. How can both countries can revitalize their relationship using Buddhism and this common uh, uh, shared heritage and history? Because um, this is something we often emphasize in our discussions but um, sometimes you feel that uh, there's much more we can do in this regard uh, yes now if you look at the document itself uh, the uh, the strategic paper itself the country's integrated country strategy itself it is based on the teachings of the buddha the, the the philosophical uh, basis base for the for the for the strategy uh, is uh, is from 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 buddhism in particularly the the concept called um, satara samprada uh, or four accomplishments uh, which uh, which comprises um, the sadda sila chaga and panya uh, which in the modern context of international relations you can uh, interpret them as trust uh, virtuous behavior, sacrifice, 
and, and thorough understanding, uh, uh, respectively. Uh, so these noble principles are pertinent in building trust and confidence between India and Sri Lanka. So the document itself is based on the teachings of the Buddha. Now, uh, if you look at history, the, the linchpin of our relations has been Buddhism. And, and uh, the Buddhism has been the greatest uh, uh, gift that was given to Sri Lanka from India, the great great ruler, uh, Buddhist ruler, Emperor Ashoka, sent his uh, uh, both his son and uh, daughter as emissaries to introduce Buddhism to Sri Lanka as well as to uh, propagate it. Uh, see, that is uh, that is uh, evident enough uh, to 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 the importance that the great emperor attached to 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 Sri Lanka. So. Um, uh, so over the years, for two more than two millennia, uh, Buddhism has been the linchpin of our relations. And then, you know, in the modern context, also we can uh, we can use Buddhism to you know further develop our relations. Now, for example, um, you know the Buddhist links in uh, in in Bihar and also the Buddhist links Buddhist trail in Odisha. These thank these uh, relations these. Uh, uh, see these trails can be used to you know promote people to people contact and uh, and also um, uh, also the government of india recently gave a grant of 15 million dollars to promote buddhist ties between uh, between uh, between the two countries so that is the importance that is the pro the present indian government is attaching to the uh, to to this aspect um, and also, if you go through the, uh, if you look at the country strategy, you can see that there are many activities that we have proposed to uh, to develop, uh, you know, relations through Buddhism. But of course, uh, uh, not only Buddhism, but also if you look at the paper, you can see that we are uh, we are trying to promote people to people contact relations between the two countries, also through Hinduism and Christianity. So, uh, so it is well. It is based on Buddhism, but uh, Buddhism plays a key role. But uh, not only Buddhism, but the other religions uh, are also playing a very, very uh, important role in in um, in this uh, paper and and in our relations. Um, I think in historically, Buddhism and Hinduism both came to Sri Lanka from India. So it is only um, uh, reason, like uh, logical for Sri Lanka to emphasize on this uh, relationship in promoting our um, contacts between uh, people uh, from both countries. Now, um, by our bilateral relationship is described to be increasingly dominated by a transactional approach. So despite a growing trust deficit between the two countries, how Sri Lanka can capitalize on the transactional aspect of this relationship? Uh, uh, yes, this, uh, uh, you know, the transactional aspect can be channeled uh, towards uh, building confidence uh, between uh, the two countries. As you are aware that, you know, uh, there is a trust deficit which is addressed in the strategic paper itself. That there's a trust deficit that has been growing between the two countries uh, in view of the changes in uh, geopolitical uh, equilibrium. 
but you can you see that you can use this transactional aspect to uh, for as a confidence building measure so you, you see the transactions can be cbms you have to have a step by step process you cannot uh, see that if there's a a, a trust deficit the first thing that you must do is to uh, build confidence so there must be uh, confidence building measures or the cbms as you say uh, so uh, these transactions are good uh, confidence building measures so once you do one by one then of course when the trust is built when the confidence is rebuilt then of course it's very easy to conduct uh, relations now for example uh, you see that uh, now we have uh, uh, investments in the port uh, development the west container terminal is being uh, you know looked at uh, for indian investments uh, and then uh, we are also looking at uh, energy sector projects uh, a cooperation including uh, the joint development of the trincomalee oil tank farm and then of course uh, renewable energy projects uh, including solar and lng uh, see that uh, there was this project uh, for coal power in in uh, eastern sri lanka in sampur but then you know that we have made a uh, policy decision that uh, coal is will not be used for uh, energy generation power generation uh, in future so uh, what we are doing are going to do is that to convert them into uh, renewable energy sources renewable energy plants uh, so these are some of the uh, transactions that could build uh, trust between the two countries so once the uh, trust is built through these cbms then it is uh, uh, it, it's quite it would be easy to uh, conduct uh, relations mr kadurugamar now you basically mentioned a little bit about uh, the investment and uh, that aspect of transactional relationship two countries have let me prod a little bit more into this um yes there are many areas in which um, um india and sri lanka have uh, trade and investment related relationship um our president at Gotabaya Rajapaksha's government's foreign policy uh, looks at uh, foreign investment to revitalize the economy, and uh, this is considered as a cornerstone uh, of uh, this government's foreign policy. How? What are the other ways in which uh, Colombo can increase Indian investment in Sri Lanka, and how Sri Lanka can expand um, its market? share in india well foreign direct investments are the uh, the the cornerstone of our uh, you know economy uh, we we need investments and it's it's a very important aspect and uh, if you are talking about investments indian investments are extremely important uh, for the moment india is uh, among the first um, five top investors in in, in sri lanka so um, see there are many large investments already there you know in energy sector you have uh, uh, indian oil companies there and then you know this um, the, the itc hotel and apartments they are coming up with an iconic building it's a huge investment uh, of, uh, of several hundred million dollars 
and and uh, it's coming up in the in the seafront in in golf face uh, green in front of golf face green this iconic building of uh, itc so it's an indian investment and also uh, india has uh, considerably um, invested in the property sector and also uh, the adani group is going to invest in the west container terminal in the colombo south port uh, and uh, one other very important uh, investment uh, which is currently has been done is by hcl on its information and communication technology field uh, so they have completed uh, one year in sri lanka and with 1000 uh, employees and next five years they are going to increase uh, that uh, the workforce uh, to uh, five 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 thousand so uh, india has already heavily invested and and we have to uh, have more indian investments in sri lanka uh, the business is going on but you know you have to have more business more investments uh, see that if you uh, look at the um, the strategic paper we have uh, come up with uh, several activities we have proposed several activities many activities to uh, increase the investments and also to uh, to increase our market share in in in, in india uh, one of the most important uh, aspect of investment is that we have uh, we are we have proposed and we are pursuing that we seek for uh, you know high net worth investors and leading corporates and to invite them to invest in sri lanka through a targeted and focused investment promotion strategy so it is way of you know you are targeting high net worth investors so uh, and uh, that would be more beneficial and also we have plans to increase exports from sri lanka and to expand sri lanka's market share in india through specific identified uh, areas such as spices and concentrates processed food uh, printing and packaging um, coconut related products uh, ceramic and porcelain items electrical machinery and equipment and of course tea and apparel so through these means we are trying to you know uh, share our identified areas we are trying to expand our market in india uh, Uh, but investments are important as you say very important and uh, we are pursuing that very thoroughly yes thank you very much for that uh, explanation uh, mr kadrugamwar i think another very important aspect of bilateral relationship between india and sri lanka is defense and strategic cooperation um, in this region sri lanka has the strongest defense ties with india our military gets trained in india and we share intelligence um so in this context and within the context of growing strategic uh, relevance of the indian ocean and indo pacific region what more sri lanka and india can do to deepen the maritime um, strategic ties between the two countries Oh, well sri lanka and india have always enjoyed very very strong and close defense and security cooperation and uh, if you are looking at the, uh, the the training opportunities you spoke about training opportunities the largest share of uh, training opportunities provided by india uh, government of india is uh, provided to sri lanka at any given time uh, you uh, we have you know 800 to 1000 military students in uh, in india from all three forces 
and, and and you know that uh, um, we have our trilateral uh, NSA level maritime security dialogue with India, Sri Lanka and Maldives and uh, the secretariat is uh, located in Sri Lanka. So we are already cooperating in this uh, in this uh, sector. Um, uh, what we have proposed in our strategic paper is to, you know, to uh, work towards mechanisms, to development of mechanisms that enhance political level strategic cooperation in the fields of defense and security. We have this tactical level, we have force to force, you know, uh, uh, at the military level uh, uh, cooperation. So what we are suggesting is that to seek ways and means to develop uh, mechanisms that uh, enhance political level strategic cooperation. Uh, so in this regard, you know, we have, uh, you know, we, 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 we have proposed to facilitate bilateral joint military exercises, you know, study tours and increased high level uh, military exchanges and also uh, we are seeking for additional training opportunities for Sri Lankan uh, defense personnel in personnel in India. So these are some of the steps that we are planning to take and which are being taken and we are planning to take uh, to, uh, to to enhance our security cooperation. Right. Mr. Kadrugamo, I think everything you described, explained so far is very positive towards a very thriving relationship for the future. But we know that there are some fundamental issues that always hinders the progress of bilateral relationship, such as differing perspectives on the 13th Amendment to the Constitution in Sri Lanka as a means of resolving Colombo's ethnic issues and constant Indian fishermen encroaching Sri Lankan border. These are some of the fundamental issues that always comes um, into discussion when we are discussing the progress of bilateral relationship. Without addressing them, do you think the relationship can be brought to the next level? And how do you propose to resolve these issues? Uh, see this, yes, this 13th Amendment, this, yes, uh, Amendment to the Constitution and these, uh, th those issues are uh, playing a pivotal role in the relationship. Yes, as you say, uh, you know, these are fundamental issues that that are being uh, discussed in, in, in the relationship. So, uh, you can't say that they hinder, but of course, they play a major role. I mean, Yes, it is there. Uh, see, for uh, see this 13th Amendment uh, issue, you know that there is a process and discussion underway in Sri Lanka with regard to this important issue. You know, a, a constitutional reform process has been initiated and a committee has been set up by uh, His Excellency the President to look into this matter. So, uh, you know, in, in a democracy, it is important to build consensus. Uh, see, that consensus has to be built so um, and 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 uh, in that way you have to address the issues so the issue is being addressed so uh, it is there of course it is uh, it is a uh, an important aspect of the relationship but it is being addressed uh, but most important thing is in democracies you have to build consensus and then come up with solutions now fisherman issue of course uh, yes it is there i know it is also being addressed uh, see the fishermen issue. Yes, true that Indian fishermen, um, you know, transgress to Sri Lankan waters. That happens uh, quite often, as you have seen in newspapers. Uh, we have always seen that. 
and also occasionally our fishermen also uh, you know venturing to uh, indian waters see now fish don't know the physical maritime borders and and, and so do the uh, the fishermen you know you there's no uh, physical boundary between the two countries so it's 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 only natural that they you know they uh, venture into each other's waters but successive governments have been trying to manage this situation over the years uh, see if, uh, you know you are asking me how to resolve this uh, uh, these issues you know uh, the resolving is a uh, is a uh, is i think it, it it's not that easy but you have to manage the situation you have to find a permanent uh, uh, you know solution for this now um, uh, for for this while patrolling our boundaries maritime boundaries both india and sri lanka you know it's being patrolled uh, you know uh, policed uh, and, and in the meantime we have set up uh, bilateral uh, mechanisms official at official level fisheries ministers level uh, fisheries officials level and also at uh, you know uh, fisheries cooperative levels there there is a mechanism there is a there there are consultations going on discussions are going on uh, so we have to work together to find a solution permanent solution so until such time you know uh, what we can do is to manage the situation you know by by patrolling you know controlling the situation uh, but it is important that we have to uh, we find a, a, a find a, a permanent solution for this and also it's important that we have to de- uh, to keep in mind the fact that we have to see deal with this issue with a humanitarian touch because these are people their livelihoods we are talking about i think that that is uh, true it's uh, both these issues are very uh, complicated issues and definitely complicates the relationship another aspect that complicates india sri lanka relationship is sri lanka's proximity to china um so the popular discourse discourse is that this proximity has strained sri lanka's relationship with new delhi um, your mission and this strategic document how be- how do you propose to handle this situation how best can the mission uh, strategic framework be used to overcome uh, this hurdle let me answer that question in 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 another way. you see that uh, the the link between sri lanka and india is a is a civilizational one for thousands of years we have been uh, you know uh, we have been linked uh, we were uh, we, we our relations are, are thousands of years old people to people contacts and you know um, culture everything we share it's it's common it's a civilizational link and uh, i don't think any country outside the region can influence this strong unbreakable and important important civilizational link uh, you know naturally there are uh, ups and downs in our relations we are two democracies you know there can be misunderstandings at sometimes but you know these are just short short term ones and uh, and you know drawbacks could only be temporary there are in, in between any uh, two neighbors there can be ups and downs you you see it's it's real politic but uh, but these are just these drawbacks are just temporary 
So, uh, see that the whole point of uh, the purpose and objective of this country strategy to contribute towards, you know, continually maintaining the momentum of our partnership, of the existing Indulanka relations, and to elevate that partnership to the level of a special relationship. So, um, in that context, we are aspiring to a, a very special one, you know, a, a very special relationship in future. So, I... I again I, I emphasize that you know India Sri Lanka relations are, are quite strong. It's because it's it's civilizational. It's a it's a civilizational link. It's unbreakable. It's uh, it's unbreakable. So uh, to your the answer to your uh, question is that you know whatever the drawbacks are there, whatever uh, you know hindrances there are, contentious points. Uh, still, this this is this is a very strong relationship. Yes, Mr. Adrubamo, I think you emphasized something very important. Uh, Sri Lanka and India's relationship is civilizational, and India is Sri Lanka's closest neighbor. And when there are, the two neighbors are staying so close, and there's the cultural ties are strong, they have so much in common. Obviously. There are instances where um, the relationship can have a lot of ups and downs, and that's what I think India-Sri Lanka relationship has been experiencing for a long uh, period of time. And as you rightly mentioned, every time the two countries have overcome these challenges quite successfully. So on that note, thank you very much, Mr. Kadrugamo, for joining us today to share your thoughts and uh, uh, discuss this uh, in, uh, report with us. Uh, thank you very much, Ulani, for having uh, me today. Uh, it was an honor and a privilege to have been part of this uh, podcast by the Institute of South Asian Studies uh, in Singapore. Uh, thank you very much. Dear listeners, we hope you have enjoyed this session. If you are interested to learn more about our analysis and our, and our work, please visit our website, isas.nus.edu.sg. Thank you.